0: Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service.
1: Amen. Come on, let's all lift one hand. Father, I'm asking that your people would hear your voice today and not mine. I'm asking that your word would shape us, change us, and mold us. Like only you can. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Please be seated in the house of God. I, want to, I need to give a disclaimer. Who, who was here last weekend? Anybody was here last weekend? Two people. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, so, last weekend, I started a series that we're calling Raising Godly Children in an Increasingly Evil Society. And I want to give you a disclaimer. Much of, if you go back and watch that sermon, just understand there is some PG 13 content in that message. And today's message will again have some PG 13 uh, co- uh, content as well. So if you have uh, some, if there's somebody in here under 13, I would highly recommend you uh, taking them into the, the children's ministry for this morning. For this morning's message, it's, your business is up to you. Uh, but I just wanted to give you a heads up. I didn't want to shock anybody. Because society is not getting more righteous. Society is getting much more uh, leaning constantly towards evil. And evil is not necessarily ghoulish and frightening. Evil is anything contrary to God's word. That's evil. So when, when you understand that... When you get born again, you become a citizen of an entirely new kingdom. Somebody say kingdom. Kingdom. Kingdom is two words. King's domain or king's dominion. It's where the king has rule and reign. Now, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. However, in society, there are people that either give no thought or attention to the things of God. Or are contrary to the things of God. And in general, in general, these ideologies, whether they are contrary to God or they are uh, aloof towards the things of God, what happens is, is you end up drifting away from the targeted uh from the targeted destination that you would like to land. And most people in society actually don't have a targeted destination. Therefore, the wind and the waves tell them the direction by which they are going to go. So as a Christian, you and me have to understand, we do have a target. The Bible says that we press towards the mark for of the high calling in Christ Jesus. So that means, as a believer, there ought to be a strategic pressing and a strategic approach, not in some areas, but in every area of your life. And this week and possibly next week, we're going to be talking about the strategic pressing when it comes to raising godly children. Your children, you cannot you cannot entrust the world or society to teach them the things of God. Another thing that's really critical, and I also, let me give another disclaimer, we're going to be teaching uh, today and potentially next week from a much more broad-based approach. In other words, I've spent my entire life reading the Word of God. I've written my own concordance, not because it's better than somebody else's, but because when I was 19, 20 years old and I got radicalized for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, I didn't want to just rely on what somebody told me the Bible said. I want to know what the Bible says. And then I stay in it constantly, constantly. I, I, don't, I don't mean this to sound arrogant, but it is the bread that I personally live off of. It's not unusual for me to spend hours and hours and hours in the word and with the word while everybody else is asleep. This is not an uncommon thing. Uh, but my, my, my point is we're going to be talking from, you know, how you can, you can know, you can know specifics and then you can know culture. Matter of fact, recently I was having a conversation with my children and we were talking uh, specifically about the letter of the law. Versus the spirit of the law. In other words, if all you do is follow the letter of the law, if you think you're doing it well, the next, the next step is arrogance. So if you follow the letter of the law, but you miss the spirit of the law, you miss the whole thing. Now, if all you talk about is the spirit of the law, and you never lay down the letter of the law... It is a long form version of cruelty because somebody whom you love and loves you will not know that the law was given to protect us, not to restrict us. Quick example. Thou shalt not lie. How many of you know if you're not a liar, you're probably going to have a better life than if you are a liar. Thou shalt not commit adultery. If you do not commit adultery, Your life is going to be better than if you do. Now, if you have have done something, it doesn't matter what it is. If you've done something, God can redeem you. God can use you in the future. But that does not eliminate the letter of the law just because the spirit of the law says God still loves you. So it has to be in spirit. Come on, somebody. And in truth. So for you and for me, we can't get so focused on the letter of the law that we miss the spirit of the law, but we can't act like the letter of the law is gone just because we worship Him in spirit. Does this make sense? So when 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 we're going through some of these things, this is going to be more of a cultural understanding of the body of Christ based off the synopsis of the Bible itself, not necessarily. We'll, we'll go through some verses, but not necessarily grabbing every single verse right now. Some of this is culture because culture trumps everything. Culture trumps everything. That's why it is so important. And that's why I'm actually teaching and preaching this series. Because you may be some kind of way for God. But if you're not taking that and making it the culture of your home, you risk losing your children and if not losing them, allowing them to go through something that they didn't have to go through. There are two ways to learn the stove is hot. You can either touch it or you can hear from somebody who has touched it. But if you don't hear, your only option to learn is to touch it. So for your kids, same thing. It's not like, there's nowhere in the Bible that says, Thus saith the Lord, let your kids go and get a radical testimony. On the exact contrary, it says, Raise them up in the way they should go. And when they get old, they won't depart from it. I don't know about you, but I've heard my whole life, well, you know, I know this person. They raised their kids this way and they did that. I know this person. They raised their kids this way and they did that. And I say it like this. What does that have to do with the word of the living God? I don't know all the details of their family, but I know that book. If it says I can raise my kids in the fear and admonition of God and when they get old they won't depart from it, I don't give two cents if any other kids ever live for God. The Bible says mine can, mine will, and I'm standing on that. Not your experience. Not your neighbor. Not the pastor's kid when you grew up. Not all these other ideas that everybody uh, puts in their head and then they make excuses for why they don't put the word of God in their children because for somebody else it didn't work. Too much? I'm talking about raising your kids. Raising them. It does not say, thus saith the Lord, be thou their best friend when they're four. I'm going to do a little recap. You can go back last week and you can pick up the, 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 the notes inside the notes. But I'll just give you a recap. If you can't tell your kid no, you are adversely affecting their future. Because you are a parent they can see. And nobody needs help learning how to receive a yes. But everybody needs help learning how to receive a no. And if they can't receive a no from the parent they can see, why do you think they will receive a no from their heavenly father who they cannot see? How many of you have had that voice tell you not to do it and you did it anyway? Just wave. Come on, let's not be be a liar in church. How many of you, God told you to do something and you didn't do it? Just wave at me. How would it work out? I'm not picking on you. I'm waving my hand around too. I'm just saying, you got to understand, getting them to respond to a no is not just so that they don't cry and embarrass you. It is raising them and preparing them to fulfill the will of God in their life. Period. And if your kids are running your schedule, I gotta be real careful here because, you know, it's easy for us to just go, that's right, rah, rah, rah. And then you can go after a message like this and be hard on your kids. Don't do that. Not if you've built a lifestyle that's different than that, you're gonna have to make a turn that they can that they can navigate with. Not just go and knee-jerk them, but well, Pastor said, rah, we're gonna do it this way. No, 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 no. Don't y'all go blaming me. But if your kids are running your schedule, running the show, dictating everything, I'll give you just a couple things, okay? Number one. The Bible has information for if you're starting at scratch in accordance with the Bible, and it also has information for every other scenario. So the way that God wants you to have kids is this way. He wants a man and a woman to fall in love, remain abstinent. That's that fancy word for not abstinent. Get married, not be abstinent, and to commit to not be abstinent anymore. Right. That's good. Wow. Commit to abstinence. Commit not to be abstinent. Oh, just with one another, by the way. <laughs> then have kids. This is the will of God. 100%. So we have to enunciate that to our kids. Because... Again, the church's job... Everybody say the church. Church. The church's job is not to raise your children. The church's job is to come alongside you and create a place where the culture of your home is congruent outside the home. The church's job is to help you develop your culture in your home. If your culture at home doesn't fit, if it would be awkward to play New Heights music in your home or some other beautiful worship music, you need to change the culture of your home. If your kids can sing more Jay-Z and Beyonce than they can sing about Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, then you need to change the culture of your home. And so, "Well, you saying we can't listen to secular music? I don't give two foots what you do. I'm telling you how to do it successfully. I'm telling you how to stack the deck in your favor. Because you're going to have to fight devils you never expected. So you just well not let the other ones in. If, you're, if it's odd in your home for something to be on the television with a preacher or with, with, with worship or with, with the Word of God or something, but it's not odd to have Freddy Krueger on the screen then there needs to be a change in your culture because you can probably stomach it. But that next generation, they think that is the way it is. And I'm not talking about about survival here. Come on, this is not a surviving church. This is not a kumbaya, let's all cry for an hour church. This is a, we are going to rise up from the fields of battle. That's what we're going to do. That's what this is. So when you when you go through life understanding that you're raising your children to be godly, you have to know it's not going to cost you a little bit. It's going to cost you everything. That means you got to stop restricting things from the altar. Some of you, by the end of this month, need to take a hard look at whether or not, if you're married, and you have this, if you're married, you, you ought to take a hard look at whether or not both of you are going to work. Mufasa. I have no idea why I got so quiet when I said that, but you gotta really pay attention to what it's costing your kids. Cause it's one thing to say, well, I can't believe they're teaching them in that school. It's a, they're teaching them that in school. It's a whole nother thing for you to open the door and let them out to go into the school. If the school won't change, then you gotta change what your kids are hearing if it's contrary to the word of God. So you gotta be real strategic about this. And let's, let's talk about that for just a second. Everybody say roles. I'm not talking about like, like, like yeast, okay? I'm talking about roles in the household. Now understand everything I'm about to say has to be done in agreement. You can't, you can't put somebody into a position or otherwise. But one of the things that has fallen by the wayside is the idea that it's okay for different people to perform different roles in a family unit. This concept of everything should be 50-50 is a lie from hell. It's 100 and 100. That's the commitment level. But, but, but if, if, if everybody is doing the exact same thing, most of the time that means nobody is specializing in anything. Listen, when when you need your brain operated on, you don't want to go to a a podiatrist. You want to go to a neurosurgeon, particularly one with small hands and a lot of experience. So when parents are never specializing, so let's just take an example. God made man and woman different. Period. Woman is, and again, everything's got to be in agreement here. And, and you just understand. I'm just going to tell you culturally how the Bible lays it out. Woman has a much, a, generally speaking, has a much more delicate build that is perfect for nurturing babies. Designed by God. Man is pretty good at not crying when he gets stung by a bee. (laughs) So what we have created a lot of times is this idea, again, not the church, society. Well, he ought to be able to rock that baby just as good as I can rock that baby. Well, maybe he can, maybe he can't. But to say that he should be able to, should you be able to bench press 300 pounds? If the if your car blows uh uh the the oil pan and oil is blowing everywhere, would you rather hand him the baby and you go clean it up? These are these are, and again I'm making big grand depictions. Understand they are generalizations and understand everything I'm talking about has to be in agreement inside of the, of the family unit. But you should not be afraid to have roles in your family because you are better equipped to do something than she is. If, if God forbid... There would ever be a situation where somebody needed to protect the family. Sir, I'm telling you before God, you're the first one to fight and you're the first one to die if necessary. And anybody that says otherwise is contrary to the word of God by example after example after example after example after example. Therefore, if that is a role that is generally speaking the biblical, a biblical role in a marriage, then exactly the same way, there's nothing wrong with there being biblical roles on the other side of it. Everything in total agreement. But if you go through life without clarity and communication, I'll tell you what will happen. You'll have your expectations uh, left unmet consistently because the expectations were never enunciated. So your kids, you'll, you'll both be sitting there like, what do I do with it? Anybody remember your first kid? I didn't, know, I didn't know where you could grab them. I had no idea. I didn't have some idea. I had no idea. I'm not saying this the way that it has to be. I'm just telling you, Crystal and I, we, we, had, we had some well-defined roles in the scenario. When they would start crying, I would try. That is the truth. But she knew. When she put that baby on her chest and on her shoulder that something happened that I did try to do and sometimes could. But there was something different happening there. And it's not wrong because somebody is better at an element than somebody else. It's actually the will of God to help pick up your weaknesses. So we're talking about... Doing it God's way. If you're doing it God's way, that kind of thing. Secondly, if you're going to raise kids, they need to have an understanding that the family, again, if you do it God's way, abstinent before marriage, fall in love, get married. If you didn't do it this way, God can use you 100%. All that. This is not, this is not add anybody. I'm talking about raising your children. You need to communicate this. Because it's not some shows. Every single show with young people in it is Promoting promiscuous uh sex outside of the marriage. One hundred percent of the television shows, of the videos, of, of and constantly trying to discuss, well, they're gonna do it anyway, at least they should do it this way. Who lied and said that's the case? You don't you don't have to do something just because society's doing it, but if we don't tell them there is another way. And this is not a one-time talk. This is an every-time talk. And don't feel guilty. It doesn't have to be like this every time. We didn't do it this way, but we want you to do it this way. You just tell them what the Bible says. There are a lot of stuff you didn't do that the Bible says. You ain't got to point out everything you didn't do, right? You just point your... We're not trying to restrict people. We're trying to point them in the direction of God. We're not trying to put an electric fence around them that makes it where they can't get out of a situation. Free people uh, have no uh, free people are the only people with creativity. So you have to have a household of freedom, but you can't you can't make them think that the family started when they got there. The family started when you guys said "I do." And so if if they think they are the only reason there is a family. That's undue pressure on a child. But if you can enunciate and by culture say, look, me and your mom, we, me, we were we were a family before you got here. Praise the Lord. That'll also give you some, some, some uh, ability to get some more time and the things that every couple typically needs. You can say, look, hey, me and mom are going to uh, take some time. You guys uh, read a book, watch a movie, whatever. We're going to sit in here and talk for a little bit. And now all of a sudden, it's, it's, it's not the kids running a three-ring circus and, you know, dad's driving home from work slow <laughs> because he knows what's going to happen when they get there. Finally, you're here. They're yours. <laughs> because what society teaches you by every sitcom... Is that a spouse is supposed to offload their junk on their, uh, on their spouse. And the Bible teaches you that a spouse is supposed to help unload what is on the other spouse. So that when you're both doing that, now all of a sudden, everybody is trying to lighten the other one's load instead of trying to lighten their own. This is kingdom. This is how it functions. Some of you, I'm having this radical moment in the spirit right now, and this is true. I'm having this radical moment in the spirit right now where I literally see like, like ripples above the heads of the congregation. I don't even actually, I don't even say I understand it. I just can tell that it's holy. What happens, what happens is, is when you decide to be the offloader of burdens from somebody instead of onto somebody, now all of a sudden that 100% and 100% start to make sense. Some of you, your spouses, would totally, they would walk in and pass out if you just had a glass of sweet tea for them whenever they came in. Some of you, if if instead of waking up at 7, you woke up at 6.30 and had breakfast ready, they would lose their whole mind. Oh, my God. What is this? It's called an omelet. Some of you, and I'm not saying it has to be this way, if you men walked in the house and grabbed a vacuum, first off, be ready for CPR, because she's probably just (sighs) going (sighs) to... No, it's really me, hon. Woo! Pastor said vacuum, Woo. <laughs> I'm talking about trying to offload from the other... These are just little examples. The, and and they're, they're, they're more menial. They're, 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 they're smaller ones. The, the bigger things would be when you communicate what they really are to you. You're the greatest mother I've ever seen. When you did this with them, man, it was so Beautiful. When you showed them this, when you showed them that, you know, one of the things that you were always good at, one of the things you were always good at was when they were hurting, somehow you made it better. Honey, you know, one of the things you've always been good at is you've never contradicted me in front of the kids. And if you've ever done that, this is when you change today. Because if they see you as mom and dad, it is a losing battle. Because now it's who do I talk to for what I want. Y'all think these kids are dumb. These kids are geniuses. Talking about raising your kids godly. They got to see mom and dad as this. So they can't go to one and get something else. Listen, you can be, they can be wrong and you're still wrong for contradicting them in front of them as long as it's not like sin or abuse or something like that. So what you do is you present and build a culture of a combined front. And now they're not going to one or the other. Now if one says no, the answer is no. How many of you have ever had that time where you told them no, they told them yes, neither of you knew it, and you're sitting there going, what are you doing, Rob? And they're just like, but dad said yes. <laughs> I think it's a get out of jail free card. Furthermore, if you can't teach them to respect your spouse and to respect their mom or their dad, whichever way it goes, if you're talking about their spouse to them, if you're talking about their parent to them, this is married or unmarried. I just want to tell you, that's one of the most foolish things you can do. Yes. Again, remove sin and abuse and all that out of it. Those things have to be addressed. But I'm talking about people that love God and are trying to trying to serve God. You gotta understand, you can't just go you can't just go say in some kind of way about the other spouse or the other parent because they're not gonna forget that. And then, when you least expect it, they're going to say, can I tell you something Dad told me? And then you're going to walk in and go, did you tell Billy that I overreact to things? I would never, ever overreact, ever, ever! I would never overreact one time in my life! I would never do it! Nah. I wouldn't do that. You didn't tell Billy that, did you? I'm going to tell you what you'll do. You will create a liar. Because he will go, I never said that to Billy. That boy, bring him in. He's grounded. Now, Billy, we need to talk, bud. Bible says love covers, man. It covers sin. You got to help me here, boy. Talking about raising godly kids. You can't, there can't be division. There can't be division in that in those areas. So back to the roles for just a second. You know, it's okay, it's okay for boys and girls to have some different expectations. If you want your daughter to help you mow the yard and or, or you know, all that, certainly all those things are capable and nobody's saying one thing about it. But don't follow the world's path that boys and girls are exactly the same. Because right now, the world is allowing men to compete against women. And that is not the will of God and it's not godly. Sooner or later, it's going to be tragic. And the more we lean towards equating... A same-sex couple to a heterosexual couple, the closer we get to radical pedophilia. And I want to be real clear about that. I'm not saying that everybody who lives a homosexual lifestyle is leaning in that direction or or any kind of way. I told you this was PG-13. There was a story that came out recently uh, of two men that adopted a baby. And literally, one of the men is breastfeeding the baby. Now, clearly, biologically, that's not a thing. But if the headline were written differently, here's how it would be. Grown man allows or forces infant to attach itself to his exposed... I don't even want to use the word in, in the church... what i'm telling you is this is not getting better in society so you've got to make some decisions how your house is going to be and then you've got to be ready to defend those against any and all comers on that's that's the government that's popular opinion that's society that's and i'm not talking about defended in a in a in a physical way necessarily i'm talking about I'm talking about you got to defend this to your kids because parents that are asleep. Remember Jesus walked around and he kept saying stuff like this. Those who have ears to hear, those who have eyes to see, most people are walking around like a zombie. They are asleep to this. But you and me who have eyes to see and ears to hear, we can't just see it. We have to do something about it. But you're doing something about it. It's not necessarily wading into somebody else's house and telling them how they live. It's deciding how your house is going to live and then literally sticking to it. And it's going to cost you friends. It's going to cost you some, some, some uh, relationships or elements of relationships with family. That's the way this is gonna work. That's the way that it's gonna, that's the way it, it, it happens in society is when you decide to stand up for righteousness, it will cost you something. There is an element to this, uh, that, that involves persecution. And if you think being persecuted is somebody rolling their eyes when you say God bless you, you got another thing coming. That's not persecution. Persecution is when they say, I don't want to sell you the goods that I sell because I know your stance on X. That's persecution and that's what's coming. When, when, when people are going, uh uh and and teaching on the public square and in public scenarios things that are so contrary to God and so evil in con- and with a, from a contrary standpoint to the word of God that that Christians were, we're running out of options other than just saying you guys are nuts and stay away from our kids yeah. because that's that's where this thing is trending because sin is not satisfied with being tolerated it's only satisfied when it's celebrated Sin will never stop until it is accepted and celebrated. Therefore, you've got to put a stop to the ideology. That means when you come in my family, when you come in my home, you got to understand. We already have a culture that is established and is by this book. And don't you let the the, the low-hanging excuse of, well, I don't know all the Bible that well. You know enough of it to make absolutely sure the part you do know is instilled in your kids. So then you you continue to do this because just like who in here's ever been on a diet? Two people. <laughs> the 2-day diet doesn't work. You've got to stay committed to this process with your kids and understand it might be four steps forward one day, might be five steps back the next day, but the bottom line is you still got to press towards the mark. You can't let up on this. It's too costly. We're talking about the next generation Uh, literally like like I think it's possible for Jesus to come back in the next 100 years. And one of the reasons I think it's possible for him to come back in the next 100 years is we have some generations that are coming up now that have practically no chance short of an absolute miracle encounter with God. Because you got when, when, when somebody is raised in a home where where everything is taught is contrary to the Word of God, it takes the miraculous to break out of that. Yes. Yes. So we're 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 seeing this perpetrated on a on a on a daily basis, rolling out at, at different levels and different intensity levels. But in the process, you can't get tired of it. And I want to give you one scripture: Song of Solomon two and fifteen. Song of Solomon two and fifteen. While you're turning there, just understand this. Every new level in the kingdom requires a new level of humility. And every new level in the flesh requires a new level of arrogance. If the filter is, I deserve it because of blank, you're leaning towards the flesh. And it's usually time-related. I've been doing it this long, therefore, I deserve that. You take that into raising kids and you'll miss them. Just because they're 12 years old, that doesn't mean you've been at it for 12 years and you deserve a break. That means you got six years left and you better press now. Just because they're 16 and everybody said, you know how teenagers are, not in my house. I'll tell you what my teenagers are like. They're like a worship concert and a preaching conference everywhere we go. That's what my kids are like in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, well, well, I wish my kids are that way. You misinterpreted. I'm not just saying what I see. I'm saying what I want to see. You can't have the comment that that's just how teenagers are and then think that the kingdom is going to flow in your life whenever you're talking like the world. Don't call them brain dead because they're teenagers. Don't sit there and say, oh, well, they just don't have a brain because they're a teenager. Ha, 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 ha. How did that make you feel when somebody said it to you? made you feel, well, shoot, I guess I will just go do what I want to do. I don't think I can do anything anyway. you got to pull the stuff out of them that that shouldn't be there and put the stuff in them that should be there. Everybody say seeds and weeds. That's what we're looking for. Is there a seed of discontentment? Is there a seed of hostility? Is there a weed? That's something you didn't plant. Is there something coming in? Because you'll wake up one day and the inside of your house will look like Jumanji if you don't deal with the little weeds. Where am I? Why are you talking that way? Why, Why is this? Why is that? The other side of it is they might be talking that way because they heard you talk that way. Every kid needs discipline. But every parent needs this filter. Is the discipline that I am applying, do I sincerely believe it is for their benefit or am I just mad? Am I just angry? Am I just so disappointed that that I'm reacting? Wow! That doesn't mean that you should be like a Emotionless, you know, you know, like goob, and disciplining them. But what it does mean is you got to you got to be honest with yourself. Am I just saying this because I'm mad? Am I reacting to them? Who's leading this conversation? This can start at one years old. Who is leading this conversation? We got a dog name Hank he is he is like the worst dog ever because <laughs> he's so smart he just knows I've gotten soft so he knows I won't make him do it but when that sucker was six weeks old and he came into our house he started potty training day one why a parent think, thinks thinks why do parents think it's okay to start disciplining your kids, kids when they get to eight? When you start with a dog, at six weeks. I think kids are smarter than dogs. I'm not talking about being hard or harsh or, or anything like that. I'm talking about the expectations on your kids are what you will get out of your kids. So, idle hands are the devil's workshop. So, if you got nothing for your kids to do, stop being surprised that they drew all over the wall. Stop being surprised that you walked in and your son drove some 16 penny nails in your hardwood floor. The boy wants to build something. You didn't give him anything to build, idle hands. I'm talking about a shift. I remember like going to bed when I was a kid was kind of awesome because you didn't have to work for a while. (laughs) My dad would come home and man, hey, what's up boys? Hey, put your boots on. Dad, it's like seven o'clock. He said, well, it's not gonna be dark till 8.30. (laughs) I'm I'm talking about you leading your kids and stop letting your kids lead you. If somebody sat in your house as an outside observer as an outside observer who would they honestly say is running your house now you don't want to go do it with like this this steel right arm rawr, type thing especially if that's not the case now but I want you to know it is not it is not impossible for you to run your house you just actually have to run it i said this last week it's very important Your primary job doesn't start when you leave your house. It starts when you return to your house. God's not going to give two cents or two foots how well you can wire a breaker box if you're a dirtbag dad. He doesn't care at all. Ma'am, he doesn't care at all how good you are with spreadsheets if every time you, you, you get around your kids, it's just literally survival mode trying to stare at the clock till bedtime. This this is getting real like in a hurry. You can't you can't do this and expect the best. You're going to have to invest when you're tired. You're going to have to invest when you're grouchy and not be grouchy on purpose. You're going to have to invest whenever they do something you weren't expecting. You're going to have to invest and invest and invest and invest and invest. And let me just say this one thing before we read this scripture. Song of Solomon chapter 2 and verse 15, say this one thing. If you've ever been on the fence about raising your kids from a standpoint, and I mean like being a stay-at-home mom, I want you to know that, and again, this is talking about a married couple type scenario. If you've ever been on the fence about it, I want you to know there is nothing on the earth more honorable than raising your kids. Society tells you That if you stay at home, you are not contributing to the family. But finances are not the only contribution to a doggone family. I would present to you, I have had a few days, not many, glory adios. Where I have had the kids all day by myself. I'll tell you a million percent certain for me. It's easier for me to build a bridge out of granite rocks (laughs) with no heavy equipment than it is. That doesn't mean that I begrudge it or, or neglect it or anything else. I'm just telling you, society talks about it that way. And everybody who is in society is not thinking this way but the enemy is calculating the fact that if I can get them away from their parents, I can tell them whatever I want. I'm not saying that's everything and everywhere, but 100%, if you don't think the devil's working on that, you're crazy. Because he is constantly trying to put something in your kids' ears before they should hear it so that he can dictate the terms by which they hear it and then you are talking you are talking about something they've heard about not having the distinct privilege of introducing them to something sacred how many of you heard the birds and the bees from somewhere else before you heard anything from your parents about it And I don't mean the birds and the bees as in the official talk. I mean, you were awakened. The Bible says in Song of Solomon, not the verse we're going to read, it says, don't awaken love before it's time. Your mind was awakened before your parents took the initiative to discuss it with you. And now your parents are trying to talk about something you've already heard about, not initiating a conversation with regards to a holy sanctimonious facet that is designed for a man and a woman in the confines of marriage. This is why society is trending the way it is is because so many people not at this church but so many families are are reacting to what our kids get exposed to instead of teaching them on the front line on the front side of it. This is what you may hear but this is the truth. You might hear this, but this is the truth. And this is the book that we get it from. And this is where we'll stand. And then you may even have to start talking like this. I talk like this with my kids. And we are willing to live for it or die for it. Not a joke. We're willing to live for it and die for it. And don't you ever let them take this book out of your hands. Ever. I taught briefly last week. Just I just kind of mentioned it. The concept of freedom and the right to protect yourself. And I just mentioned this one thing. Again, I'm not making a big deal. I'm not making a big point out of it, but it is a very big deal. It does not strengthen a family's ability to defend themselves to disarm a family. Because criminals still have weapons, whether we're talking slingshots, knives, swords, whatever is available, they will have it. Last night in Washington, D.C., there was a shooting outside of the Washington Nationals game, I immediately thought, that's impossible. Guns are illegal in Washington, D.C. Does this make sense? So you got to understand, you got to defend your right to defend your family. You got to defend your right to keep whatever literature you want, but in particular, the word of the living God. Because if you give it up, the next generation will have to have a, a Moses removal from Egypt again. Is this making sense? Yes. Last point. We'll read this one scripture and then we'll close up. Song of Solomon 2 and 15 says, "It is the, Let us take, take us the little foxes. One translation says, Let's catch the little foxes that spoil the vines. Because our vines have tender grapes. Everybody say, little foxes. It's not the big stuff that ruins your household. It's not the big stuff that ruins your kids. A kid will survive a hurricane. It's the little foxes that come in and destroy the vine. And what hangs on the vine is fruit. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness... Faith, meekness, and temperance. The little foxes come in. And a love, in the original translation, is the word agape. And it's like brother. One, one, one element of it is like brotherly love. What is visible to see that love exists there. People come to New Heights Church, they always, they always say the same thing. Man, this place is full of love. Because it's evident when you walk in. Not because we're all sitting back, not talking to each other, but because we love each other. It's the little foxes that come in and they, they, they steal the atmosphere of love from your house. When a big thing happens like an unexpected death, it's the greatest outpouring of love you'll probably ever experience. People show up from, from your high school that you haven't seen in 30 years with a Bundt cake. People send letters, cards, money. The big things, it's not the problem. It's the little foxes. It's the little, it's the the we've ignored this attitude every night because it's just easier to ignore it than it is to address it. And now instead of throwing an acorn out of your lawn, you're dealing with an oak tree that's roots are planted deep. The little, little foxes come in and they destroy the fruit. They spoil the fruit. Joy, cheerfulness, and gladness. Check the pulse of your household. How much gladness is in your household? Well, we're just not that way. We'll get that way. Gladness, joy, smile at your kids occasionally. If they're not smiling, teach them to smile. Do you know how many jobs that they'll get if they want a job just because they smiled Instead of looked like a bump on a log Peace One translation is harmony You lose the harmony in your household For not the big things The little foxes come in and just nip at it Patience If you're not seeing patience in your kids The first question is am I patient And then the second thing is I need to teach them to be patient Look, every fast food restaurant is not Chick-fil-A. You're going to have some experiences. And you're going to have to develop some patience. Gentleness. You ought to be as gentle as absolutely possible. And as strong as necessary. But never lean towards being harsh. Always lean towards being gentle. Kind. Goodness. That word translates to righteousness, being upright. It's the little foxes that come in and snatch out your righteousness. Faith, meekness, temperance. I'll go one step forward. You're gonna have to teach them to be bold. You gotta teach them, stand to your feet, please. You have to teach them to be bold. Well, they're just not that way. Let me tell you something. Nerves are either taught or tolerated. Nerves are either taught or tolerated. Don't put your fears that you fight on them. But if they have some nerves and some, some areas there, I'm not saying harshly we don't tolerate it, But you're going to have to understand if they can't stand for something while you're there as the net to protect them from falling, why do you think they're going to stand when you're not there? So you have to teach them to be bold. Bold as a lion. That's not when when you see a mouse and bat. That's not what you're like, baby. No, 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 no. You're bold as a lion. Jesus on the inside of you. Oh, I feel I feel nervous, Daddy. Of course you feel nervous. I feel nervous sometimes. That doesn't mean I act like it. I'm bold as a lion. You're bold as a lion. Come on, we're gonna we're gonna take the cause of Christ to the ends of the earth. Because the risk of you not addressing it and just saying that's how they are. It's their effectiveness to evangelize will dip because they will be hesitant because of nerves that were tolerated while they were in your care. That doesn't mean we throw them to the wolves. Come on, somebody. It's not like, you know, sink or swim, praise the Lord. The devil is a liar. Don't be a jerk. But understand, you've got to get to the place. You've got to get to the place. You've got to get to the place where you're not not looking at, at what you see. You're looking at what you know God wants to see. So wherever you are in the equation, you move forward. And you understand it doesn't happen by chance. Every ship that loses power, not one time in history has a ship lost its power in the center of the Pacific Ocean and landed at its desired destination. Only vessels that are strategic in where they are going and focused and never lose the drive to get there will land where they want to be. Do you receive that this morning? Come on, give God a hand of praise
0: i hope you enjoyed the podcast today if you did there are a couple of things that i'd love for you to do number one subscribe to our show that way the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you ready when you are and secondly follow us on social media